Do you two know how long it's been since all three of us have been on the podcast? No. Five weeks. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. So we are all back. Um, dang, in the last five weeks, I guess I'm the only one that's been on all five of the last episodes. Um, so I'm going to let y'all have this. Bye. What? <laughs> no. um, but it's such a fun topic, though. No, I know. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying to get into this. Um, and this was your idea. So would you like to kind of announce what we're going to talk about today? Um, well, what we're talking about is just fun, everyday hobbies that can be applied or help with self-defense. Yep. Now, obviously, not all of them can relate to every aspect of self-defense, but yeah. it definitely can help. Yeah. So. Man, my trigger rule has gotten so much better. What did you say that this was called? A CERT pistol. S-I-R-T CERT. It's a laser pistol that allows you to work on the fundamentals of shooting without using tons of expensive ammo. That's crazy. It felt almost exactly like a real gun, but without the recoil. That's because CERT models its pistols after real guns. They have multiple models from real companies that have realistic trigger pull. And most of them have a removable magazines, so you can even work on reloading. Wow, no wonder it helps so much. Yeah, and the best part is that if you go to CERTPistol.com, you can get 10% off with the coupon code IMPACTDEFENSE. Awesome. How do you spell that again? S-I-R-T, CERT. Cool. All right, moving on to Impact Defense news. So, this is a 20-year-old entered the Seasons Pizzeria in Newport, Delaware. Is that what DE is? I believe so. Okay. I've never actually had to look at the abbreviation for Delaware. I have. I can't think of anything else it would be, so that would have to be that. Yeah, it would have to be Delaware. Okay. (laughs) With the intention of robbing the store and its employees, he brought a gun along to persuade cooperation. After all, he had done this several times before, having robbed a bank, three other pizzerias, two fast food restaurants, and two convenience stores. Apparently, he had found his career path. (laughs) This time, however, the employees were not going to let the 20-year-old get away with it. They tackled him and wrestled him to the ground, causing the gun to discharge. Fortunately, no one was hit by the errant shot. Mm. He was arrested, charged with robbery, attempted robbery, and three weapons counts. He was convicted and sentenced to 15 years in prison. While in prison, he filed a federal lawsuit against the pizzeria, its employees, and the two arresting officers, claiming he was beaten unnecessarily. Really? The U.S. District Court judge threw out several of his claims, but allowed the suit to go forward against the named defendants, each of whom had to hire attorneys to fight the suit in federal court. What? So we go back to, like, if you look back at all these different, um, I mean, there are times where people have broken into someone's house and ends up suing the homeowners for something and winning, and that that, that, that blows me that, away. That, that, I just, I can't believe that. So, and I know we're, we're kind of like, um, I'm about to mention something that that other people have talked lots about. So not long ago, I went into my chiropractors. It was actually right after uh, Will Smith had slapped Chris Rock. And, uh, you know, we walked in and, 
he kind of made a joke about that whole ordeal going down. And we kind of laughed. He goes, you know, I'm not saying that basically you should be able to just slap anybody if they're going to say something like pretty offensive about you or your wife or something like that. And I said, well, maybe. But if you could, it would probably be a more polite society. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Some people need to be slapped. That is true. And I'm not not getting on one side or the other of that. I know there's plenty of things going on. I'm just saying that, you know. It, and I'm not talk, I'm not talking about the Chris Rock situation I'm not, I'm not really In general, just some people need to be slapped. Yeah. So, because <laughs> in all honesty, well, and besides that, I mean, think about it. If if you if someone breaks into your house and does something, and you defend yourself, I think it's kind of on that person who broke in your house. You know. And I'm yeah, not saying like you should just have the right the to just like house throw them away. And the homeowner hit him with a baseball bat. Yeah. You broke into the dude's house. You deserve to get hit with a baseball bat. Like, yeah, you're in a fight his home. Suit. It's not like, yeah. it's not like you broke into his house and all of a sudden this guy just like full out, just completely. He wasn't totally like waiting him. by the door a, for the di- dude to come in, a you fight know? Suit, you know? And then it happened. Anyway. Or like the one who fell through the skylight onto the knife. I'm over here going, th- it's on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is where I say that. There are certain careers I couldn't have. One of those careers is lawyer or attorney. <laughs> because can you imagine being the one who got that sentence on the homeowner? I would, like, I'm not saying anything against their character because it's their job. But, oh, my gosh, how do you live with that? <laughs> I feel like a certain amount of pride has to go into that, you know? So, I, I just really hate suits like that i really do yeah I, mm-hmm. I cannot stand the fact that people can sue people like when you started that situation like the caution hot signs on the cups because of lawsuits they're like you're the one who asked for the hot liquid in the cup or you're the one who put the hot liquid in the cup yeah. if you burn yourself it's because you drunk the hot liquid in the cup why are you suing someone? It's just stupid lawsuit, frivolous lawsuits. Yeah, but anyway, this was not supposed to be a rant on lawsuits. Um, yeah, that's just kind of crazy. You know, he come in and robbed him, and then at gunpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So my understanding of the law there is that now is that that is now a deadly threat situation, and I understand that every state is not the same, but as far as North Carolina, the moment that guy put that gun into the situation is now a deadly threat situation. Mm-hmm. So you can use anything up to deadly force to stop that threat. And again, this is not a, you, this is uh, the impact defense podcast is for entertainment purposes, purposes only. We are not lawyers. We are not offering legal advice back to our regular scheduled program. All we offer is self-defense advice and suggestions. We are not responsible for any actual actions preceding this podcast. If you choose to take action, that is on you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Leave us out of it. <laughs> Delete us from your from from your queue list. So if you have to act in self-defense, what we're saying is, first off, call hopefully your self-defense um, insurance like uscca or us law shield or something like that and then delete any episodes that you have in our episode (laughs) (laughs) yes make sure to check your queue your suggested (laughs) list and your uh personal episodes list 
Now okay. back to the topic of this podcast. <laughs> also, maybe hide any of our merchandise that is in your home. <laughs> also, buy our merchandise. <laughs> it back fence, not online. <laughs> <sighs> oh gosh. So fun hobbies that kind of like relate to self defense or or an aspect of it. Yeah. Okay. I guess the first one we're going to talk about is something like paintball or airsoft. Yeah. It's like that mainly relates to if you're going to carry a firearm or use a firearm. But, I mean, it can also help with if you manage to take a firearm away. There are several... Maybe we should talk about what airsoft is first and paintball. Like, I think everybody knows what paintball is. I I think so, but just as a really quick rundown. Paintball... I think airsoft is probably closer to realistic than paintball is. Definitely. Um... But I mean, you know, there are there are paintball guns out there that are used in force on force type mm-hmm. training as well. So it's a different type of paintball than what you would normally think of for yeah. sportive kind of paintball. But like um yeah, it it is a game. Both of these are games where you are you have certain objectives and stuff like that, and then you have your paintball gun or your airsoft gun to wipe out the other team. Or capture the flag, or whatever you're doing, you know? When it comes to airsoft, several actual gun model companies make airsoft gun versions of their firearms. Like Glock does it, Smith & Wesson Mm -hmm. does it, SIG does it, um, insert other name here does it. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is... You get the airsoft version of whatever gun you're going to use. Ammo becomes a whole lot cheaper to practice with. You can do it in um, close quarter combat. You can use it for practice in your self-defense training. Or you can go and get involved in an airsoft game. And it forces you to, like, use tactics or learn new tactics or um, deal with a more stressful scenario with a gun in your hands. But one that's not actually going to blow a hole through someone. Yeah. Well, most of the time. I don't know. So, little, <laughs> little background. Uh, this is the industry that Jada's husband works in. And uh, I did allow him to take uh, one that was a bit more powerful and shoot me in the back with it and just kind of see what it felt like. And I was wearing a T-shirt. And um, it was a shotgun, and it shot out three at a time. And he was uh, he put that really nicely right on my spine. <laughs> and I had, a, I had a welt on my back for several days it was um some of those things get i understand why people dress in layers for that so the way cody's airsoft field works is um they have a little i don't know what it's called but you set your gun on this little thing and it monitors the speed of your round gotcha um so it can tell it you'll take several shots it'll get your average and then depending on your average speed that is what they're going they're going to take a little um zip tie Mm -hmm. in different colors and they're going to zip tie part of your gun and that way they can see how close you're supposed to be when you shoot and they change those um like weekly so that someone can't cut off the zip tie put a new one on when they're at home come back the next week and shoot closer in with a more powerful so they change it up so you never know what yeah yeah um But that way they're keeping everything safe. So what safe. if you screw that up? What if you, you you think you're at one, but because you've done it the week before, you know, and you come in the next week and you screw it up, and I think I could shoot you from here to me to you, and I, I screw um, up and I shoot okay. you. Okay, so yeah. 
Maybe it would be more of so that they. I don't think it's probably more so that they can't just like cut off the zip tie and put a new one on like before a game starts. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting. That I'm just work. like I'm just. What, what do they do if somebody screws up and shoots somebody too close? Let's say mine's usually, rated for further out, but usually I'm it's you a warning, and oh, okay. it's like it, the jerks usually do it over and over again okay. Okay. to see okay. what they can gotcha. get away with, and then they get kicked off the field. I got you. Okay. Um. Like, they've had to kick several people off the field for, like, just coming up and point blank. Yeah. You know. So, I'm thinking <clears throat> that at some point, we're going to have to, because I've never played Airsoft. I'm thinking at some point, we're going to need to do a experiment. And one Saturday, the three of us go up to Cody's field and play Airsoft. He'd love that. <laughs> I know he would. We've talked about it before. So, we got to just find a free day and go up there and do it. And, and experience it because mm. I think it'd be good for everybody. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about Airsoft is you've got people who will go in at like fields that will hire SWAT teams and things like that to come in and like teach tactics to Airsoft players as like extra things, you know, extra things to pay for. And when you do that, you're getting, you know, how to turn a corner with a gun, you know, things like that. You're getting all that kind of training with an Airsoft gun. When you know that information, applying it to Airsoft and using it and seeing it how it works, I feel like it's pretty obvious how that can apply to self-defense. Yeah, well, you know? especially if you're talking about, you know, SWAT tactics and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> clearing and all that, yeah. Yeah. And then you've also got, you know, working with a team of people. Because people at the airsoft field, not everybody knows everybody. Your teams are switched up every week. You're having to work with people that you've not necessarily met before, work as a team, and achieve a goal. That works with self-defense, too, like in active shooting situations, mm-hmm. like yeah. things like that. Rallying, learning how to communicate um, in, you know, more of a fun stress situation instead yeah. of a... Oh, crap situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess the last thing is, is like just getting comfortable with a gun in your hands. And if you're, if you get a model airsoft gun that is close to a model that you actually carry, um, or are considering actually carrying, like you can get your kids into airsoft when they're young and like get them training with things that are close to real model guns. Then when they get older and you have them like, you know, shooting real pistols and, um, they're doing more with them. They're a whole lot more comfortable with them. Like watching Cody, he didn't do a whole lot of shooting with actual guns, but as soon as like he switched to doing more shooting with real pistols, he got a whole lot more comfortable, a whole lot faster. Yeah. Because he was already used to the feeling in his hands. Yeah. You know. That's just the recoil differences. Mhm. Yeah, that's the main thing. Is just they don't have a strong recoil. Yeah. So time to move on to the next hobby. Sure. All right. Um, it just is. It just says competitive sports, so different competitive sports, and that's really helping with, um, you know, first off, a drive to win. You mm-hmm. know, like building up that mental, like switch, yeah. where you can change into not just competition mode, but just that mode where you're determined to come out on top. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Help you be more competitive. Uh, and, and most team sports, you know, again, it goes back to that same idea of working with a team mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, that, that really does help. And in all honesty, there's a certain just health aspect to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're up and you're doing competitive sports, you're going to be more active and you're going to be healthier than if you are not doing competitive sports. 
Yes, very much so. I was thinking about that. As well as thinking tactically, because if you go into a competitive sport without a plan and you just try to pull off something awesome, it's not going to work. You know, yeah. Your team has to work together, but you have to have tactics to make yourself win. You know, mm-hmm. um, It's the same way in self-defense. With the right tactics, you can put yourself on top. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, we go back to are you it's about self defense. If you put those two people, the person that attacks you and you in a ring together, you know, you might be in a situation where that person across from you, if they if you were in a ring, they would beat you most of the time. But you could still win a self defense encounter with that person because it's not a fight. You are fighting to get away and what you're trying to do is cause as much damage as much, you know, uh gain as much attention and, and everything as quickly as possible and then you sometimes overwhelm that person and then leave. Like personally I grew up playing baseball and basketball. I did a lot of that for many, many years. You know, and, and having that drive to win, uh, and being working with a team and, and all of these things, you because especially when you're working with a team, you you play your part and you do your part to the best of your ability so everybody on your team wins. You know, and that, that really does, it goes back to active shooter situations like you were talking about with uh, Airsoft, you know, working in that team aspect for a, a one specific goal, you know, and kind of getting used to the idea of doing that. And getting to that, you were talking about the just physical health aspect yeah. of uh, competitive sports. Physical health can make a big difference in what you do in something. It doesn't... Physical health doesn't always determine whether you can pull off self-defense, but it definitely broadens your list of ways you can yeah. <laughs> defend yourself and betters your chances. It yeah. really does. And we'll talk about that in a later podcast is physical health and self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case you needed some extra motivation. <laughs> well, I think but, something that we need to go back, and I think we need to, to come back to again, if you guys remember, rate your self-defense those podcasts that we did, I think we ought to go back and see if we feel like we have improved in any of those areas since that time. Martial arts. All of our favorite topic. (laughs) Martial arts and self-defense. So, all of self-defense is martial art. Not all martial arts are self-defense. Exactly. Um, But, I think it's safe to say, pretty much any martial arts you do can help with self-defense. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not some more than others. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I heard a guy talk about, uh, I've actually heard a few guys talk about this before where like, you know, your chances of dying of a heart attack or, you know, some type of, um, health related, uh, thing is higher than someone die- dying at the hands of another person mm-hmm. in a self-defense situation. So, you know, your martial arts or anything that you're doing needs to have some type of physical fitness aspect to it. If you really care about self-defense, care about all of it. Yes. Including the eating. And I'm, you know, that's that's a struggle of mine. Thank you for looking at my stomach. Uh, that's a struggle you of were pull, You pulled your shirt. <laughs> Just, that's, that, that's a struggle of mine that I have to constantly keep in. And, uh, you know, I notice that when I, when I eat better, when I work out more and stuff like that, I stay less injury prone and I do much better at everything else that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But martial arts... As a whole, and I know we've talked about a lot about this because, hey, you know, it's kind of what we do. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, so let's look at competitive martial arts 
specifically for a moment. So we're going to take it away from the different styles of martial arts and go into the aspects of martial arts. Yeah. So, I mean, the class, we can, we can talk about the class and doing all the stuff and learning the stuff, but I think a lot of it boils down to, or not boils down, but let's, let's, we've looked at a lot of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> let's think about the competitive side of martial arts. So you have everything from like, well, we look across at like the type of com- competitions that like we've all done at the table. Um, in martial arts uh, from and this is going to sound whatever but it's not it's you don't look at this type of style of competition martial arts and think awesome like self-defense and stuff like that and that would be a lot of what like Kylie has done a lot of and that is like these open forms where you're doing all the crazy tricks and flips and and screaming and yelling at the top of your lungs and you have done that Mm -hmm. and you've competed at that level what aspects of that carry over to a self-defense situation? Well, I guess one that I would say is definitely the pressure mm-hmm. and adrenaline and how I adrenaline dumped after that. Yeah. And also, you got to kind of be in a good shape in order to do all those flips and tricks and things like yeah. that. If you're going to throw your feet over your head and land on your feet again, yeah. you have to be in decent shape. Yeah, very much so. You also have to be able to just decide to explode with energy. Yeah. And, yes. like, what... Like, that applies so much to self-defense. Because mm. you've got to be able to go mm. from calm trying to keep something from happening to a switch flipping and being... Just exploding with energy and being really fast, really strong, and determined to get out, you know? Mm. And um, so, going from that calm start into exploding with energy with your kata, with your sparring, whatever you were competing in, that makes, that that applies. Yeah. So when it comes to like fighting in martial arts competitions, open martial arts competitions, uh, both you and uh, you, Jada, because nobody, if you're... If, <laughs> you, Jada. If, 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 both Jada and I have competed in point fighting. I'm not a fan of point fighting. Uh, I did it because... You know, after I got older than the prime age for kickboxing and mixed martial arts, you know, and also my my wife, as if you've heard the episode where she was on here, she was not a fan of me fighting and kickboxing and mixed martial arts. She stood the point fighting a whole lot better. So it's it's a lot less real. But like, what would you say would be like a benefit to, to self-defense, even point fighting? Just having to react quickly. Yeah. Like, to change your tactic on a dime with how the other person is changing. Because yeah. of point fighting being start-stop, you have to be ready to start quickly and stop quickly. And learn as much as you can about the person you're sparring in that short amount of time. Yeah, I've had to completely change tactics in the middle of a fight. So I started a fight one way. And then I thought, that's just not working. So I had to find another way to win. And that's, you know, that is something. You're not supposed to hit hard in point fighting. Sometimes it happens. There's still knockouts sometimes in point fighting. I've never knocked anybody out in point fighting. Don't laugh. I'm, I haven't. But, like, I have sometimes hit harder than I meant to, just from the adrenaline and everything. I guess it also helps being kind of, like, disoriented a little bit. Well, I guess it depends on how you practice. Because when we practice, we put gloves and foot gear on 
But we don't worry about mouth guards or headgear or chest gear. Mm. When you go to a tournament, they want you wearing that stuff. That's really disorienting. Like to go from not practicing with Spies that to helmets. I hate them so much. I feel like a marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm over here going. I'm used to guarding something this size, and now it's this size. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you go from the size of your head to like double that because you're wearing a helmet, and you're over here going, I don't know how to guard this. Yeah. Um, but the way that applies to self-defense is you're not always in the ideal situation. Women, mm-hmm. you might end up wearing heels when your normal tactic is to run away. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just learning to work through discomfort and change depending on how you have to change. Yeah. And then, Kylie, you and I have both competed in continuous fighting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, still continuous martial arts, kind of nicer fighting. Mm-hmm. I've been always not always nice, even in the the kids and teenagers divisions. When you get into fight and you get the uh, the black belt level, sometimes they just let kids go and go for, fight full contact as well. You've been there too. Uh-huh. <laughs> what What do you feel like that has helped you self defense wise? Um. Well, <clears throat> I would say you learn to take a hit very well. Es- especially if the ref decides to let it be a full contact fight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I guess some of the tactics as well. Yeah. Because um, as you're continuously fighting, you need to come up with tactics while you're also being hit and trying to block everything while you're also trying to hit the other person. So yeah. there's a, probably a lot going on in your brain in that. Mm-hmm. And then also learn to continue fighting when things aren't going your way. Like, say, you fall over and over and over again. <laughs> You didn't fall that many times in that fight. I know, like it. I know which fight you're talking about. You did not fall that many times. Uh, that girl was big, and she was hitting you super hard. Uh huh. But you did like continue pressing forward and continue going on. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. But you kept going. You glad you did it at the end, right? Yeah. Glad I didn't let you quit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it completely had changed tactics there a little bit, but yeah, yeah, and, and so like continuous, especially in the adult divisions, they're going to pretty much let them go pretty hard and continuous as well. And then we get into like stuff that only I've done really, and that's like kickboxing, grappling tournaments, kickboxing tournaments, uh, or just kickboxing and mixed martial arts fights. And I think those are pretty obvious how it helps you in self defense because you're in there in a real fight. But we, we are, Kylie's had at least two of two of her fights where the ref just kind of let them go as hard as they want to. Uh, even though they say, oh, light contact, medium contact. Nope. They're just like, you know, oh, there's blood. Don't worry about that. Wipe it up. Let's keep going. You know? Yeah. Some of them get rough. So, I mean, Kylie's kind of experienced the full contact world, but not really supposed to have been. But, like, yeah, in kickboxing and, and um, you know, grappling and MMA and all that kind of stuff, it's definitely you're going in there with the idea and the knowledge that you're going to fight full contact. And you get to learn really quick. Am I going to fold under that pressure? Or am I going to like keep going and keep pushing forward and fight even though I may not really want to continue fighting? I was happy what I learned about myself. All right, so I hope you've enjoyed the first half of this two-part series on hobbies that can help with self-defense. The next time we're going to go into uh, a little bit less, uh, two little bit less physically demanding versions um, because this one involved a lot of physical health, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Well, next time we're going to get into some stuff that 
don't involve quite as much. So more mental? Yeah, more mental. Cool. Guys, thank you so much for listening or watching or however you're taking in our podcast. And I do ask that, please, we haven't asked in a while. Rate us and leave a review. That, exactly. Just like that. So that would really help out. Uh, share it with your friends, anybody that's interested in self-defense. Let them know about us because that helps us grow. Okay. All right. And I guess we will see you. Oh, wait. No. We have a new sponsor. Yes, If we you do. have listened this far... Please go to the links in the description. And if you are on YouTube, link back, go back to our website and check out this episode because we have the coolest new sponsor. <laughs> okay. Now we love all of our sponsors, but we do have a really, really cool new sponsor. It's mycustomgun.com. Don't just go there, please. Okay. Use the link in the description because it lets them know that we are actually sending people to them. Have you ever wished there was a gun version of Build-A-Bear Workshop? Welcome to that. Pretty much. It is the <laughs> coolest thing. So, um, we're going to let you know. We are going to make a YouTube video about it when we get our custom impact defense gun. They build custom ARs. AR pistols, AR rifles. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. So. <laughs> so if you need another AR, or your first AR, or if your child is graduating and you want to get them their first AR. The coolest graduation gift ever. Yeah. You want to be the awesome dad or mom? <laughs> this is how you do it. <laughs> I was going to put an ad at the end of the podcast, but I don't guess we have to now, do we? <laughs> All right, guys. Again, thank you very much. Be sure to look at the links in the description. Uh, visit all of our sponsors. If you go in there and you buy something, that helps out the podcast. It helps out the YouTube channel. Go to buildagunworkshop.com. I mean, sorry, my custom. <laughs> <laughs> yep, go ahead. Uh, yeah, be sure to visit the links in the description. We have coupon codes for a lot of our stuff. That's all in the description. And uh, we will see you in the next episode for part two. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.